Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's, it's kind of weird saying that, I suppose. Um, and I almost, I almost want to say happy Super Bowl Sunday, but that doesn't seem right, especially because the Cowboys aren't in it, right? I mean, it's been like 20 years, but next year's our year. Next year's our year, right? But just one comment on Super Bowl Sunday. As you watch the game this evening and enjoy yourselves, just remember what Sundays are actually for, right? I think it's fair to say football has become uh, modern paganism. Spend way more money on stadiums than we do churches, right? Because no one believes anymore. But don't just check the box today. In the scope of eternity, football's nothing. Absolutely nothing, right? Christ is everything. I don't want to see any of you Chiefs or Niners fans on YouTube destroying your TV because you're so mad that your team actually sucks. But, I mean, what a joke, right? Christ is everything. So I'm going to get very real very quickly. Are you guys ready for it? You ready to hear it? Yeah. All right. What is life? Pretty broad question that humans have been asking for a really long time. What is life? Brothers and sisters, life, life is pain. Life is pain. All right, and I'm not making some statement from a hopeless, nihilistic mindset. I'm speaking a reality that nobody, including myself, really wants to hear. I mean, listen to Listen to Psalm 90, verse 10 and 11. Our span is 70 years or 80 for those who are strong, and most of these are emptiness and pain. The word of God proclaims it, right? So, so take, take a quick account of your own short lives. I'm sure you have good days, and that's a good thing, of course, but is there a day that goes by where you don't experience any suffering? Is there a day that goes by? You know, someone, someone makes you mad, someone hurts your feelings, you get physically hurt, you experience anxiety or fear, you experience depression, you feel alone, you experience unfulfilled desires, you experience your own insecurity. That could be a whole homily. I could just list that stuff out and you guys be like, oh, that's me, right? No, if your human experience is anything like my own, which it is, you experience something in that realm daily. You suffer daily, right? Life is pain. Life is pain. And it's painful because we are fallen and we live in a fallen world. So, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer if you're not already. And it's, it's, it's already happening and it's not going to cease while you're on this earth, while you're in this life on earth. And the sooner we accept that truth about our material existence, the sooner we can move into a real remedy for our pain, a real one, right? Not a removal of it, not an ability to cope, but a capacity to embrace reality. A capacity to embrace reality. Because, brothers and sisters, what is our human tendency when we suffer? 
we move towards, the, towards base things that stifle the pain momentarily. All right, drinking, drugs, pornography, clear attempts to escape, clear ones, right? But it even goes into work, money, relationship, anything that distracts us from the suffering that we're enduring, anything. Funny thing is, no matter how much we try, it always comes back, doesn't it? Always, always, whether in an old form or a new form, it always comes back, right? With the superficial things that we smear over our pain, the wound always remains. And often when we're trying to do that, it gets worse. And that's because we're not being real about the clear fact that to be human is to suffer. To be human is to suffer. Okay, so now that you're all having an existential crisis on Super Bowl Sunday, let's see what today's readings have to offer on the topic, right? Our first reading from Leviticus paints really a brutal picture for someone who has leprosy. People who have contracted this disease are deemed unclean, and they're ostracized from the community, right? How mean of God, how uninclusive of our Lord to do this to people. No, that's dumb. Let's look deeper at the scriptures. The uncleanliness, in, in, in this case with leprosy, described in the old law clearly points to fallen humanity and the stain of sin on the soul. Think about how, how this story in Leviticus, this, this precept of the old law, relates to original sin. Think about the connections that are made there, Right? Humanity falls in the book of Genesis and then is exiled from the Garden of Eden. I'm, Isaac's sleeping. <laughs> oh, I caught one, you guys. Yes. Anyway, let's continue. Humanity falls in Genesis and is exiled from the Garden of Eden, right? So the leper in the old law is a historical symbol for fallen humanity. Oh, he's not sleeping anymore. Oh, look how bright those eyes are. <laughs> okay, anyway, and I, I really got to continue here. Sorry. <laughs> so the leper in the old law is a historical symbol for fallen humanity, right? He's removed from the presence of God because of the illness he has incurred, which fractures the relationship with God, which is necessary for those who are faithful. So then we take the understanding, the connection from original sin to this precept of the old law, and we look at the gospel. God himself meets this same disease, this same leper, and God reveals his heart to humanity. The leper says, if you wish, you can make me clean. You can do it. You alone can do it. It's, it's really a cry of repentance right? Lord, if you want to, you can forgive me. You can make me whole, and you can bring me back to relationship with you. And Jesus' words are never to be taken lightly. I do will it. I do will it. Be made clean. Brothers and sisters, this, this is a proclamation of Christ's saving action upon the cross. 
right? He's pointing to what he's going to do for the entirety of humanity. I do will to redeem you. I do desire your salvation, and I do desire a relationship with you. Not just now, but forever. Those are the words of our Lord. And he purifies the stain of sin by his action. He brings the leper back into the community of the faithful, back into the relationship that we originally had with the Father. But brothers and sisters, what does it mean to have a clean heart? What does it mean to be purified of sin, to be made whole? Does it mean an absence of suffering or an absence of pain? If we look at the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, the clear answer is no. Clearly no. Suffering, because of our rejection of God, is, is prerequisite to reconciliation with him. It's, it's a consequence for humanity's deliberate separation from his love. We have to feel it to understand what we've lost in that relationship. But my friends, let me tell you this. Suffering is clearly not devoid of love. It's clearly not devoid of love. And that's the most important part of the reality that we must embrace. Jesus on the cross showed us that through him, suffering takes on a redemptive character. Because of his suffering, it's, it's been transformed from a penalty for our sinfulness to a unifying factor with him in our faith journey. God suffered. And if you're actually authentically trying to imitate him, you have to know that you're going to suffer too. And you can't run away from that. You can't run away from that. But if we accept our suffering and allow it to purify our hearts, then, even though we feel pain, we're united to Christ on the cross. And we're united to his love. And not just some false sense of love, but, but real love. Real love allows us joy, peace, and happiness. No matter, no matter what pain we feel in this life. And then finally, brothers and sisters, we have to look at where does this all end? Does it end in death? Are we just floating on a rock waiting to die? No. It ends in resurrection. It ends in resurrection. It ends in eternal life, in an unbreakable relationship with the God who loves us infinitely. And so, brothers and sisters, don't waste any suffering that you're asked to endure. Don't waste it. Don't run away from it. Don't try to smear it over with something that will numb your mind and your heart. Don't waste it. Allow it to purify you for the sake of love. We have so many friends that have, in heaven that have gone before us in this very battle, this, this movement towards heaven. In fact, if it wasn't Sunday, we would be celebrating Our Lady of Lourdes, the feast day of Our Lady of Lourdes, right? One of the great, one of the big three apparitions of Mary in Lourdes, France. 
And we know that Mary proclaims in those apparitions to Bernadette, to St. Bernadette, that she is the Immaculate Conception. But you know what she also said to her? She said, I don't promise you happiness in this life, but in the next. I don't promise you happiness in this life, but in the next. So what does that mean, right? Because the Lord does want us to be happy in this life. But Mary's asking St. Bernadette to suffer well here on earth so that she may reach for herself and for many other souls the joy which comes after having fought and won, the joy of heaven, the purification of the heart. And ultimately, in her suffering to Christ, with Christ, Bernadette was happy. She was. Because she had the one thing that every human heart desires, and that is Jesus Christ himself. So brothers and sisters, don't be afraid of what you suffer. Don't be afraid of what you suffer. Be courageous. Follow our Lord and be made clean.